You're listening to this week's Red Voices. We're not happy. Help. <laughs> what an absolute mess of an afternoon for United at Stamford Bridge as Chelsea ran out 4-0 winners in a torrid, turgid, tremendously terrible display of the thing we sometimes call football. Just as well I've got a bit of company for this evening. Rich, thank you very much for a braving illness to be with me here tonight. How bad on the scale of 1-10 to 10 is your illness? My illness? Um, my illness is, isn't as bad as we as United played today. But it feels it feels considerably worse than it did at about 3.30. Yeah, that, that, I think that's fair enough, considering just how bad that, <laughs> that afternoon's watching was. I think it's perfectly fine to allow yourself to feel a little bit worse on the basis. Yes. Sorry, I drifted then. <laughs> Do you want to say that again? i might keep this in just for the laugh (laughs) oh good grief uh you sound like i feel yes what on earth happened today where do we start i mean i can't think of one positive element to come out of that game or that afternoon whatsoever should we start with the first 31 seconds Oh, those first 31 seconds were incredible. They Talk were. me through that first 31 seconds. Well, I should say, actually, I was a bit worried about the, the line-up before we, you know, before we started. I, I never, although he did well at Anfield, I never liked to see Fellaini in the team. And I think it's a shame. I don't think Rashford is best used wide. And I couldn't really see the logic in playing Lingard over someone like Martial and just wonder where the goals had come from. I didn't, I, I didn't, think, I didn't think as much about the defensive aspect of the game. And um, well, that's fair enough because you assumed after you know Monday's fairly decent defensive performance for the most part that we wouldn't you know let Chelsea just run riot. I think that was the assumption, wasn't it? Because you know I did give Mourinho a lot of credit for for the draw at Liverpool because I think he got everything absolutely spot on. And if if um, Ibrahimovic did what he's paid to do, which he currently isn't doing, and if he'd stuck that header in, we could have come away with a one 0 win, and it would have been the sort of perfect away smash and grab so I mean you know from that perspective you've got everything right and so we had a reasonable expectation that he'd he'd have a pretty solid tactical plan to to stop Chelsea today um and in in Mourinho's favour it wasn't his fault that we conceded so ridiculously after 31 seconds it was a simple ball forward and I, I don't know what happened Smalling just seemed to stop Blint seemed to lose concentration and De Gea came flying out of his goal completely committed himself and just allowed Pedro to you know go around him and stroke the ball home it was it was just a comedy of errors an absolute joke if you look if you um, remember the um the Javier Hernandez goal that um United scored against Chelsea at Old Trafford I remember, I remember it well in, it was in, David Luiz basically being terrible it was it was just it was just the same sort of thing wasn't it it was a completely harmless pass forward obviously the the United one was a sort of ground ball by Park but just I don't just I don't know what Smalling and Blind were thinking, and I don't think they were thinking. They, Rich, they, and that was after the problem. It's, it's, like they, it's like they just hadn't heard the whistle to start the game. I don't know, and, and mm. you know, De Gea again. He's usually so he makes very good decisions usually, and that was just an absolutely appalling one to come flying out like that and completely commit himself. And you know, mm. from that moment, any any tactic we had that, that revolved around um, being compact and soaking up pressure and trying to sneak a goal at the other end was gone. And so from that moment, we had to essentially open up. And, uh, you know, Chelsea all over us, really, in the first half, weren't they? And... Oh, yeah. I mean, it suited them so well after that first goal because yeah. they basically knew at that stage that, you know, based on the fact that City had dropped points, Spurs had dropped points, Arsenal had dropped points, and we were still in relative touching distance of the top spot, that United needed to get a result out of it. You know, they 
drawn the last two games. So going three games without a really positive result wasn't necessarily ideal. So they knew that United would have to attack. And that played completely into their hands. You know, I mean, you mentioned Zlatan. Just the third game in a row now where I look at him and just see him get one decent chance. And obviously it's kind of ridiculous that it is just one chance that he gets. I mean, obviously the Stoke game is a bit different because he had several chances and missed all of them. But it's becoming a really worrying feature that these chances are falling to him. Sometimes at very, very key points during the game. And he is fluffing his lines almost every time. And if the rest of his play was good, his build-up play or his hold-up play or his chance creation was decent, then it wouldn't be so much of a problem. But for the most part, it's not. It's really, really bad. It's becoming a major, major issue at the minute. United have got so many problems in that team, but the biggest one this season has been Zlatan. And oh, made... now, now, seriously, he made such a positive start, but then um, I think I think he said he scored four from his first sixteen shots this season, and then none from his next twenty-eight. Basically, you can look at key points in quite in several of our games, and if he'd stuck a chance away, the chances are we'd probably be five or six points better off. And you know, I don't need to go through the games again because people have seen the chances he's missed. The way we've been playing, he has to be putting those chances away. That's what he's there for. That's what he's paid for. He can't, you know. The, the most disappointing thing of uh, uh, that from him joining has been that he hasn't been the prolific striker really that we thought we were getting. I mean, I know, I know Zlatan's never been the most the most clinical finisher in world football, but he's always been pretty prolific, and he's just. It's just he doesn't seem assured in his finishing at all, particularly with his particularly with his feet. So because we have so many, because of the way we've been playing and the, the players we've been playing with, we don't have a lot of a lot of sort of prolific goal scorers in the team most of the time, and so that puts a huge burden on the striker to to actually put put the chances in, and he's just not doing it. But as you said, if the rest of his all round game was consistently really good, then you could to a degree forgive that if it was contributing to other people scoring but he's not even doing that you know mm. tonight and at Anfield as well he was just strolling around there was no he didn't there's no urgency to what he was doing he wasn't really moving he he wasn't he wasn't doing any of any part of his game with um you know with any efficiency he wasn't holding the ball up he wasn't bringing others into play he wasn't doing anything and we've essentially been carrying Zlatan for the last two games and to a degree before that as well. And I think he's we're getting to the point where he's as big a problem as Wayne Rooney was. I mean, I almost season. hate to I hate to say it because we've been so very clear on our opinions of Rooney over the last year or so, ever since we started the podcast. And we've not really wavered from that. You know, we tried to be as fair as possible. But I think you're completely correct. Look, there's no way that Rooney could do any worse than Zlatan at the minute. If, if Zlatan's not scoring goals... At the minute, he's not really offering enough to justify starting him. You know, it is essentially one of the big problems that we had with Rooney in the sense that he was getting picked on reputation alone. Now, admittedly, the problem with that is that United do need to be creating a little bit more and perhaps Mourinho could help a little bit more with picking his most creative players on either flank or players that he's going to get the most out of. So you mentioned it on Twitter tonight, Rich. You've got the likes of Martial and Mkhitaryan who haven't really been able to get much flow this season. You know, a couple of injuries have sort of 
stop their progress to a certain extent. But you do need your more creative players in and around him if you're going to bring the best out of him. So far, we haven't seen that. But even when Zlatan has had the chances, especially today, you know, that header where he really should have at least got the ball on target. He was up against Asper the Quater. He could easily have just... He should have done better in that situation. Yeah. And he, he then saw the flip side of that and to what late on, and I think we're already 4-0 down at this point, where he chested the ball down and then hit a vo- half volley in the second half. And you just think that's more of what you can do. You know, the great control, pull out a piece of skill from absolutely nothing. But those moments have been so few and far between. It's getting it's getting to be a really frustrating aspect of United's play. I'll tell you what was worse, though. Well, Defence. Oh. Well, yeah, so obviously we conceded pathetically in the in the first minute. Um, and then proceeded to just let Chelsea trample all over us. And then, even more mm. annoyingly, just conceded a goal to Gary Cahill, who's just a really bad footballer, and <laughs> and from a set piece. So it wasn't even open. You know, it wasn't even open play. We couldn't. We didn't no. even manage. I think it to came off Anders' bum, didn't it? it? It just came. I don't know what anyone was doing. Everyone was just standing around, and and it was flicked down, and, and Cahill fired it in, and it was two nil, mm. and. Adam Crafton from the Mail made an interesting point on Twitter, and he's right that Ferguson's teams at two nil. It was almost a challenge. It was it was right. We're two nil down. Our challenge now is we're going to get this back and we're going to win this game. We'll pull this game out. And we saw that time and time and time again. And you know there'd, there'd be two, there'd be two or three serious comebacks every season. But since really since Fergie left, and it's it was been a similar problem with Moyes and LVG as well. We go a goal or two down, and there's no there's no response. And I don't know whether that's because of mentality or tactics or because the players just simply aren't good enough to do it. But Fergie used to, you know, in that final season um, at United when he won the title, aside from Robin Van Persie, he didn't really have a single world-class player in that team. You know, he was playing Tom Cleverley in midfield, for God's sake, and, you know, Ashley Young on the wing. And and, and, and we turned around quite a few games that, that season. From, the first half of that season was just coming back from games. It was just, it? It was just incredible, but it's like it's just like a challenge. But now there's nothing. There wasn't really any response. There's no tempo to mm. our game. We didn't try to break with any pace. Everything was just I mean, slow and painful and tedious. Hmm. The one thing I can say about it is that it did remind me to a certain extent of the City game back in September, where I still looked towards the end of the half like we were doing a couple of things well. You know, there was that long range shot from under that. Courtois got down to save well and then hit behind Lingard's rebound. There are a couple of moments here and there where you thought, if that goes in, then we might make a game of this and we might put them under pressure. Because I don't think, especially around 1 or 2 nil, Chelsea were completely solid. I think once we got to the second half and then Hazard, Hazard strolled in for number three, yeah, and you know, Mata and Smalling both terrible in that position there. And then for the fourth goal for Kante, just, you know, Pogba nowhere near him, Ander nowhere near him, Smalling nowhere near him, just just strolling around, you know, pedestrian pace and, you know, firing in past Dave. You looked at Dave's response to that when that fourth one yeah. went in. He just looked disgusted. It was absolutely astonishing. I mean, you, you've got you've got the the probably the Chelsea player on the pitch who's least attacking, least technically gifted, and he literally just. He just literally just wandered through the back. You know, there were three players back, and he just wandered through them. And, and scored it. And you'd see, you'd see better than that, better defending than that on, you know, on a sun, Sunday league game. It was absolutely astonishing, and mm. it just looked like. And it's a problem we've had all this season. Well, look, there was a lot of calls for Ander to be captain as a, you know, or, or maybe you know, a future captain or someone that would be put into that sort of situation next season, or you know, perhaps relatively soon. 
sorry, uh, he was he wasn't great today. You know, we talked about Zlatan's leadership and how he's a big man in the dressing room and everything, and the players all look up to him. He was nowhere today. Talk about you know Pogba being a future leader for the club. Again, you know, you pointed out on Twitter that a lot of the creativity is basically forced on him when we play with this formation and this situation where we don't necessarily have our most creative players on the pitch on either side of him. And you're completely correct. But again, Pogba, nowhere. Smalling, captain, also not anywhere good. Sorry. Well, no, I mean, Smalling, Smalling's a different issue. He's he's not good enough to be a, a, a centre-back at a, a top level, top-level English or European club. He's just not. He doesn't have the concentration. Um, he's not comfortable enough with the ball at his feet. He's he's an adequate. He's a decent. He's a oh, okay. He's a very decent Premier League uh, centre back. But he he is what we are at the moment, which is a kind of fourth to seventh place Premier League footballer and team. As for Pogba, I mean, as you said, I think the problem for Pogba is you look at the players he was playing alongside at Juve. He was playing in a team which had creative creativity from everywhere. Mm. And he had some really great midfielders alongside him. So the onus wasn't on him to be the creator and the goal scorer. And so he was he had more freedom. He was playing in a team that was winning. He had more freedom to try things, to make mistakes. And, you know, really, he could go forward with more confidence. He just had the team around him that, that allowed him to develop his game. And he's come to United, and he must look around that team today. He'll look at Lingard on one side and Rashford, who's, you know, his striker being played essentially almost as a left back today he must think the only person on this pitch who's going to create anything is me and I have to do that every week and on Thursday he did but he, he's essentially been asked to do that every week and as confident a guy as he, as he is he clearly is he's trying to take the creative responsibility of that team all on his own shoulders doesn't that kind of come down to team selection a little bit too as well because you think about Mata and Martial two of our most creative players they weren't anywhere near the starting lineup today and they were a big part of what we did well on Thursday yeah, and I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll come to another time as well, but, but also the, the really strange isolation of Mkhitaryan. I mean, there's a guy who who scored over 20 goals. I mean, and I know he's a different league, and the Bundesliga isn't as strong as the the Premier League as you go down the table, but he scored over 20 goals last season and assisted over 25 times. You know, he is he is a creative player, the sort of creative player we want. And Mourinho said before the Stoke game that he was fitting in training. And three weeks later, he says he's fitting in training, mm. but he's not match fit. Well, how is he going to get match fit if he doesn't ever play a match? Well, it was James uh, written off underscore MUFC who was saying uh, that he tweeted the, the Times articles as he tends to, which was one where sources close to Mkhitaryan have said that he is confused and unhappy, which is the new angry and confused, I think. About uh, his... well, it's the same as us, isn't <laughs> exactly, it? yeah. Um, about uh, his omission from the squad, you know, the entire squad for Thursday's Europa League game. I didn't expect him to perhaps start based on what Mourinho was saying, but to not at least bring him on and give him some minutes, considering that, you know, Mourinho really needs to get a result against City, considering how we, you know, capitulate against them, and especially after what happened today. I thought Thursday was a perfect game to play him in. Either he's ready or he's not, or Mourinho just doesn't fancy him, even though he, you know, obviously clearly wanted him. I've no idea. There, There was... Maybe from Mourinho's position, there's a worry about his mental application for this league. But the only way you're going to improve that is if you try him. Yeah, and I think, you know, we have got, as you said, we have got forward options. If you stick if you stick Rashford up front, you know you've got pace in behind. You know you've got someone who can snaffle up chances in the box. Or he can, he can score goals from, you know, around the edge of the area as well. You've got Anthony Martial, who was United's best outfield player last season by a mile. 
He was literally the only outfield player we had that was above above decent for the season, I'd say. He, you know, he was better than everyone else by an absolute mile. And it just baffles me how the guy cannot... I know he didn't start the season great, but it baffles me how that guy isn't starting um, the biggest games for United on the left-hand side of our midfield instead of shoehorning a, a, a striker there, essentially, um, to fit in Ibrahimovic. You've, as you say, you've got potentially Mkhitaryan on the other side if he ever comes back from whichever dun, you know, LVG's dungeon that... <laughs> Mourinho's inherited. You've got Mata, who had, I thought, had an absolutely terrific game on Thursday night against Fenerbahce. I know it's a different opponent, but you've got Mata, and he he does create and he does score goals. We have got a front four that I think would frighten a lot of teams. That's that. That's our area of strength. Our area of strength is that front four and and Pogba and potentially Herrera as well behind them. Again, we'll come on to it, but but, we, but uh, Bailey's got appears to have quite a serious injury which may keep him out for a very long time we don't have a, another another defender that's better than fairly decent and so we cannot we cannot go into games primarily to defend this season so we have to play to our strengths which is to play our best attacking players in the right formation and just just let them go and let's just at least if we're going to fail let's fail in a in an attacking exciting way Whereas what we've got at the moment, I mean, I know the Liverpool game was a necessary evil and that was the right thing to do. But but we went incredibly, incredibly conservatively today. We hated that from from LVG. And there just there clearly wasn't the attacking talent on the pitch to score to score the goals. We've got to put our best players out up front and try and beat teams rather than counteract them. No, I'd agree with that. I think... The LVG comment is, you know, it rings true. That's the, the big problem at the moment seems to be that, as we've said so many times before, we're still not sure what our best lineup is or what how best this team should be utilised. You know, it, it, it's not clear to Mourinho, and it's sure as hell not clear to us. So it's difficult to know how United should approach these situations. You know, I mentioned this earlier on that we played City and Chelsea and Liverpool, three teams that are very much looking like they could be in with a shout of winning the league this season, scored one goal and got on one point. You know, we, we haven't dealt with the big games well at all. And, you know, again, you know, other people have mentioned it, but we look at Mourinho's time in charge of United. You know, Conte's had less time, arguably, in charge of Chelsea and gotten things a little bit better. You know, arguably got them, you know, playing a more effective style of football, at least anyway, for the most part. They, they seem to have really banded together after that really bad loss at the Emirates. And Conte's got them playing in a far more suitable fashion that is reaping rewards so far the last couple of weeks. And you look at Mourinho at the moment, there's still an absolute endless sea of question marks over who should play where, who's best suited to what position. I don't, and it, it's, I don't think... Yes? Sorry, Karen. Well, it's too late now. You jumped right in, Rich. Sorry, I thought you. I thought you were finishing. Do you want to finish your point? I don't. You don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I was just going to say that I don't. I don't think there's a single player in the. Perhaps there. Perhaps with Herrera, he's found Herrera and his best role. But aside from that, in that front six, I don't think there's a single player that he knows for certain is the right player playing in the right hole. No, I mean again, no positives, and you know another huge negative to bring. To the table before we just 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 to really add to the the wonderful ambiance of the evening, Eric Bay's injury uh, was it cruciate knee ligament damage. It's uh, uh, it 
Mourinho was very negative about it in the post-match press conference and, and interviews, so it's it's not looking good for him at all. And you again mentioned that we don't have a lot of quality at centre back. You know, you've got Davy Blind, Marcus Rojo, Chris Smalling, and Phil Phil the Dominator Jones. And I, I, I struggle to think of a duo there that can be consistent enough to give us what we need. You know, the, unfortunately, the top one is going to be Blinden and Smalling. But so often last season, that worked because we were sat so deep and we had yeah. you know, two of Schneiderling, Carrick and Schweinsteiger in front of them. And we're not going to be doing, we're not going to be employing that tactic again this season. So no. I'm very, very concerned for what will happen to our defence this year because I don't have enough faith in their ability, their mental application to be able to rise up to this challenge. I just don't. And no. it's concerning that Eric Bailly, who is the youngest out of all our centre-back options and has the least amount of time in the Premier League playing at a level, you know, playing in England and playing for United, that his his absence from the team is going to cause so many potential worries and potentially so much damage. But it's, you know, he's come in, he's come in, as you say, at 22, played just over 50, 50 senior games in his entire career from a different league and he's looked immediately a, a level ahead of any of our other centre-backs um, you know comfortably better in, in every area of his game than anyone else we've got at centre-back and we're in real trouble now and we've, we've essentially got Smalling and Blint which I don't think is a particularly adequate pairing by itself and then if, if one of those gets injured it's 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 essentially Rocco and Rocco's, Rocco's just a he's just, just a bomb in defence isn't he mm-hmm. I, 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 I absolutely staggered that the guy is a United player because he's one of the worst one of the worst international footballers I've ever seen at United. <laughs> he's, absolutely, he's absolutely appalling. You know, we said in our review at the end of the season that my favourite moment of last season was the last moment I had to see Rock on a pitch in a United shirt. Admittedly, he hoping... did do an incredible, incredible long-range effort earlier on today. He did, but but that that doesn't that doesn't negate the rest. You know, I, I'm staggered he didn't leave in the summer, and I can only assume that's because nobody would touch him with a barge pole, and because Mourinho couldn't get another centre back in. But I mean, I'm in despair, really. I, I think the hope is that you know, perhaps it's perhaps it's the the time of Timothy Fosu Mensah or um, Tuan Zebe. I don't know. Mm. You know, perhaps it, it needs it needs we need we need something there that's just different from what we've got because it's not good enough. Yeah, we've we um, tried Smalling there, we tried Blin there, we tried Jones there, we've tried Rocco there, and we have had mixed to bad results in most of those cases. And as we said, Smalling and Blind only really work because they had so much of a Linus blanket over them. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. And yeah, maybe Vossumens is the way, maybe Axel will get a goal oh, sorry, a start at some point. Who knows? But I, I would be very, very hesitant to say that I am confident in our ability to handle Bayes injury based on what we know of these players so far. Hopefully Marino could bring out more of them, but to be quite frank, I'm not holding my breath. Just before we go on to Twitter questions anyway, because to be quite frank, I don't think we really wanted to spend too much time analysing that game today, Rich. The, nope. the only positive aspect that I can take out of this game, because it's just been absolutely covered with negatives, is that we've only fallen one point further behind top spot, thanks to City and Liverpool and uh, sorry, City and Arsenal and Spurs drawing this weekend. That is at least something to take hold of in terms of grasping for any shred of joy from this entire terrible afternoon. But at the same time, it the way that we lost today, it still very much feels like it's difficult to take anything, well, positive out of today. 
you, you fully expected City to win both of their their home games. They're two home, two winnable home games, and I I looked at those the, the comparable fixtures beforehand, and I thought if United get four points from those from those games, and we drop another two points behind City at the top, that's not a bad outcome from those fixtures. And incredibly, we've been essentially garbage, and and actually only lost one point on them. Mm. But as as you said, you, you you just have to look at that performance today, and perhaps. You know, recent performances. You know, we've won one in one in six in the league. Look at our recent league performances, and it's hard to imagine. And there's so many things wrong with that team at the moment. It's hard to imagine that we could put a run together that would seriously, you know, challenge sides above us who, even though they're they're stuttering a bit, I think, are still playing at a level that's significantly higher than where we are at the moment. Mm. Hey, I did this. I did an experiment. It's just 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 for fun. So I'm not taking this too seriously. But right. I looked. I looked back at uh, David Moyes' season at United. Oh, why? Because because after nine games, we have exactly the same record: one one four drawn, two lost, three. Moyes' team were in eighth. We're in seventh, and it's really spooky how lots of the fixtures correspond and the performances. So so Moyes Moyes' season started with a four one win at Swansea, which we all thought was great, and this was all going to be okay, and this is wonderful. And and it it, fit, it, it matched rather you know, um, United's three you know, three one win at Bournemouth at the start of the season, and uh, Van Persie scored at Swansea, and Ibrahimovic scored at, at Bournemouth, and we thought yeah they're gonna they're gonna be great this season, and we've we've had the chastening the chastening defeat away at one of our rivals where we we got stuffed four one at City and we got stuffed four nil today, we had really another really disappointing one goal defeat to one of our rivals we lost to Liverpool and we lost to City. We had a really turgid nil-nil draw against Chelsea, and we had the same against against Liverpool. We had the home draw, one-all draw, when we've been pegged back right at the right at the end against Southampton and Stoke. We had a rubbish, rubbish away win at one of the uh, bottom dwellers, Sunderland and Hull, and a, and a fairly ground-out home win against against Palace and in Southampton this season. So the only the only the only difference in the in the records is that we really stuffed Leicester in what is the only thing we've done this season to which I'm hanging desperately to uh, to take optimism from and think you know what if we can match the level we had in the the sort of second half of the first half of that game at some point then we we might actually be onto something but anyway so it's it's quite spooky how the how the two seasons are quite similar now I'm not suggesting that Mourinho is going to implode as Moyes did but you have to look at those two those two seasons and those comparables and think how much money Mourinho spent and how Moyes essentially completely ballsed his his transfer window up. And Mourinho, I'm sure Mourinho would say of himself, he's got to be doing better. And he has got to be doing better. And some idiot started up a get Mourinho out. <laughs> That's been there for a while, to be okay. fair. Oh, has it been there for a while? Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's reappeared. You know, it's absolutely absurd. Changing managers wouldn't help us at all. But he's really doing very, very badly. I think with the players he's got, even with the inadequacies we've talked we've talked about, he's he's struggling as badly as Moyes did at this point. Um, and at, the, at this moment in time, in, in Moyes' season, he was on in the middle of an eleven-game unbeaten run. Um, I can't imagine us going three games unbeaten at the moment. So it, it just shows the amount of work we've got to do. The one thing that I feel better about now is that I do think we have better. We've got better players going forward in, in key areas. I think the defence is still a problem. 
in both, but I think we've got more quality and more potential at the moment. And so, you know, the thing to hang on to is that Mourinho will actually find find the, the right blend. Mm. And I think if he does that, then we've got a much better chance of competing than Moyes' team did, which was essentially a team which was pretty average and, and also fading very fast. So we've got a lot of young talent coming through and we didn't have at that point, really. Mm. So I think that's what we've got to cling on to. That sounds like very to so, me. Yeah. Clinging on with my bare hands. Bless you. I mean, a quick one thing before we go on to Twitter questions. Uh, David Louise is a rather nasty challenge, shall we say, on a Marilyn Fellaini red card, yay or nay? Yeah. Yeah, definitely red card. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't think I don't think he changed the outcome, but it was a red card. No, I think it's difficult to moan too much about it because we were so turgid for the rest of the game. I mean, you could say that would have mm. changed it, but Lord knows what would have happened with ten men. You could easily see Chelsea still breaking and are still struggling mm. to break them down. Anyway, off to Twitter questions. Thanks very much for sending them in, guys. Uh, Therik Amir asks: uh, Is this still an LVG hang- LVG hangover, or is this just solely on Jose now? It's both, isn't it? I think he's inherited a lot of very average footballers but he's not getting the best out of the footballers he's got Mm. I think he has actually bought at least well at least three of the four signings he's made this summer have are very good footballers still and you know Ibrahimovic may turn it around but at the moment he's he's been pretty crap but I still think he bought three other you know very very good players who will be great for us in in the long term so the squad is better, but but he's not getting the best out of it. Though. Keith Mason asks, is it time for Pogba and Zlatan to be dropped? No, I don't. I, well, yes and no. I don't think you can drop Pogba. I think you have to keep him in because we, we're lacking midfield quality. Mm. But I think Ibrahimovic has definitely got to go. I, I think Zlatan's... I don't see whether... If he's not scoring goals, as we said, what are you actually gaining from having him in there at the moment? I think you with Pogba, you kind of have to let him play his way into form to a certain extent. There's no way you can spend that much money on a player and just drop him at the first sign of trouble. No way at all. No. Uh, Stanner Bradley asks, uh, who slows the team down more, Fellaini in midfield or Zlatan up top? Oh, God. That's a... devil of the deep blue sea there, isn't it? It's... We saw in the, the Zoya game, do you remember, um, Fellaini was dropped the previous weekend. I forget who we played, but we were much better. And then we, we brought him back for the Zoya game and everything was so slow going through him. I, I, I think they're both... Both wretched, um, and, and, a, and a, just they're both just slowing us down horrendously. I do love the way that you've taken a wonderful turn since Monday night's draw at Anfield, mate. It, it, it's back to what I expect from you. It's beautiful. Well, do you know what it was? Do you know what it was? I saw I saw a glimmer of Mourinho in that game, I, I, in the Liverpool game. Mm-hmm. I saw that game, and I thought that's what that's what Mourinho does. You know, he 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 worked Klopp out there, and we didn't quite win the game, but he he had his number. And this is what United do. Well, exactly. We'd, yeah. st- we'd still only won one league game in five. So, uh, you know, we weren't playing great, but I thought I saw a, a glimmer of his genius there. But that's just been battered the hell out of me that's this true. weekend. And I think everybody, to be honest. Yeah. Dan at MUFC underscore Dan 87 asks, wasn't it harsh of Chelsea to spoil Chris Smalling's testimonial by scoring four? Because it was his testimonial, right? <laughs> well, he certainly played like that, didn't he? Damn brutal I'm sure if there. I'm sure if we got... I'm sure if we got a penalty, we'd let him play. We'd let him take it, wouldn't we? Oh, gracious! Oh, that was one of the went worst individual defensive performances we've had for quite a long time. Mm. And there, there are quite a few to go. But I mean, he he was he was at fault to some degree for all four all four goals. It's difficult to make any case for him today. You know, I mean, he he didn't help himself in at any point, and. <laughs> I get to a certain extent why Mourinho wants to give the armband to him, but I don't think it's necessarily helping him in that situation. I think it's just another extra thing to criticise him for. Hopefully he can play himself out of this slump, but 
good grief, he's got a lot of work to do if Bailey's injured for a long time. Okay, James at PolarBear2637 asks, is it being able to do a job now enough to get you in the side rather than having something to bring to the game? That's been enough for quite a long time, hasn't it? Well, I mean, that was arguably what got you into Van Hal's side, wasn't it? Well, absolutely. And, we, and we've we all, you know, our expectations have all dropped in the last few years. And, you know, I see so many so many times people saying this, this play can do a job. You know, Jesse Lingard is the is the man who can do a job, isn't he? Really, he is job he's man. Great, he's a great squad player. He can do a job. If we're playing away against someone really hard, he can he can run up and down that line and do a job. But you know, is is he good enough to play in a in a team that wins the Premier League? And I think the answer is probably no. And we've got we've got a lot of players like that. Mm. And we all we've all become comfortable with the idea that players can just do a job rather than expecting them to excel. Mm. Chris McGuffin asks, uh, it seems like Mourinho finds his players' best position, but then takes them out, like Matter at number 10. Why is that? To a certain extent with Matter, I can just about get it, partly because there's just this aura that pervades Matter as being someone that you can just easily drop and he'll not worry too much about it because he's not going to kick up much of a fuss, I guess. And I guess I understand why Pogba was started at number 10, despite Matter doing pretty well against Stoke and very well against Leicester in that position, partially because you want a little bit of horn physicality. And you don't think that Matter is going to get as much time on the ball and you want to be a little bit more direct and decisive. And, you know, Pogba is a more assertive presence than Matter. But by that same token, I don't think Pogba has really justified that selection in the way that he's played. And I do think that Chris has got something of a point there in terms of, you know, it, I mean, it's certainly not as bad as it was under Van Gaal where we saw players, you know, play well in their right position and then, you know, Matter would get chucked out on the right wing and Jesse Lingard is number 10, which is still... Even several months on, still boggles my mind to this day. Freaks me out. What what could Mourinho be doing better right now? This exact moment in time. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to me like Mourinho knows. He doesn't seem to have an identity for the team. He doesn't seem to know exactly what he wants the team to do, hmm. and what what exactly he wants players in individual positions to want to do. And it, you know, he's still. There's a comparison. You, you you can't say now that it's early in his project, and he it's too early for him to be achieving something because we've played against a manager who took over a team that finished in the bottom half of the Premier League last year, and you can clearly see Conte's vision of what he wants Chelsea to do, even if they're not entirely consistent doing it. Um, Mourinho, Mourinho needs to work out exactly what he wants from us and to start putting players in the right positions and, and dumping those who don't play well enough. Mm. I thought of a wonderful comparison uh, for us to end this weekend off. Did you see that amazing video of the Barcelona players all acting like they'd been shot when that bottle of water yeah. was thrown at them at Valencia? Grenade. That was yeah. basically us when that first goal went in. Yeah, it was. Beautiful. Oh, Richard, well, thank you very much for your companionship this weekend. It, it, it's merited and appreciated as always. And guys, thank you very much for joining us on what has been a rather disappointing <laughs> evening. Uh, City are in town on, uh, well, I guess they're always in town, on Wednesday night for the EFL Cup game. And then we've got Burnley on Saturday. We'll be back next weekend. Don't forget, you can get us on Twitter. Rich at, at RichardCan76, me at Ewan Leonard, and the podcast at Red Voices MUFC. We hope you have an absolutely blinding week. Lots of love. Cheerio. Cheerio.